And um, today we are, we've been working on uh, going through the same, the same topics that you guys have been studying on the, in our small groups the past six weeks or so. Last weekend, Pastor Vanessa spoke and we had our youth service, so we, we missed weeks. So I'm going to combine uh, two weeks together of what you guys learned last week in the small groups and also uh, what you're going to learn in the next week. So I'm just going to combine them together today. Um, and uh, we're almost done, our small groups, for this, for this kind of season. We've got... Uh, this week and then one more week afterwards and we will continue back up we're going to we'll do a whole new study together uh starting in january and i'm loving hearing the positive testimonies of what's taking place in our small groups and i encourage you if you have not been a part of one to in january get plugged into one of our groups because i'm loving hearing how there's we're, we're gaining momentum now and people are starting to feel comfortable and share and and just open up a little bit and that's the goal of small groups is just kind of a smaller setting where you are able to just discuss and talk and build relationships and share uh things that are going on in your own lives and that's that's the purpose of it all so i encourage you uh, in january to to make sure that you get plugged in to one of those groups. So my sermon title today is Go the Extra Mile. And um, I love when, when we have these sayings, these terms that we often use in conversation. And when you start to look and figure out where that comes from, it's actually very interesting. So as I was studying for this, going the extra mile and, and going through the, the scriptures of, of the small groups that we've been kind of working through, uh, it was kind of interesting to find out what exactly that was meaning. So let's just talk about when we look at the Gospels, when we are reading the Gospels and the story of Jesus' journey while he was here on earth, we see that oftentimes Jesus literally went the extra mile. Jesus did the extra in his life. He was moved with compassion. Often we read in the scriptures and we can see how Jesus was literally moved with compassion when he saw people going through things, when they were maybe had ailments of disease or, or some kind of physical hindrance in some way. But he was moved with compassion, but he was also moved to action. He didn't just stay in that place of like, oh, I'm really sorry that's happening to you. Wow, your life sucks. <laughs> and then just move on to something else. He was moved to action in his life. So the past two weeks, uh, last week you, were, you talked about going the extra mile. And this week you're going to talk about the power of and the word end, A-N-D, which is a conjunction word that kind of like puts two things together, the word end. So I've, I've talked to you guys before about the word but, that when we say the word but, uh, the truth comes after whatever we say in the, in the word of but, right? So um, that dress is beautiful, but it really doesn't seem to. So the truth comes after, okay? So when I try to cook a new meal, something at home for Daryl, and, you know, I get creative and try to do something, and uh, I'll say, hey, honey, how do you like it? And he will say, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's a win, yay, me! 
Um, but sometimes he will say, it's really good, but if I never had it again, I'd be okay. <laughs> okay! <laughs> so, note to self, don't make that again. <laughs> That's our life. So the word end is a conjunction word that puts words together. So think of our emotions, okay? We all have emotions, and it's okay to have emotions. God gave us emotions. They're from him, as long as we don't allow them to, like, take control of us. But we can have emotions. We feel emotions. Um, so just for a second, kind of just think to yourself, what is your primary we all, we all deal with emotions, but we all will have a primary one that's kind of our go-to, okay? So, so I'm, I'm just going to say for me, my primary emotion is I'm generally pretty happy. I'm pretty joyful, right? That's my go-to emotion, my number one. Of course, I feel all the other ones. People say to me, like, do you ever get mad? Do you ever get upset? Are you ever, yes, I have sad days. I have down days. I'm human. Um, but I don't park there. I don't camp there, right? You gotta pick yourself up, get into the Word, get worship, and go on. So think to yourself, what is your primary emotion that you would experience on a regular basis? Anybody want to yell out what yours might be? Sorry? Happy. Happy. Anger. Did you say anger? <laughs> and it's like, oh man. Well, we have to give Danny some credit. The poor guy is, is being mom and dad for a while. So I got a message from Caroline the other day and she's like, it's flooding past so fast. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it is for your family. <laughs> you need to check in on that. <laughs> Caroline is just off out west becoming a lawyer, so, you know, she has some, some things to do. Um, so think about what your primary emotion is, and if you can't think of what it is, if you have no clue, ask somebody who knows you, and if they're afraid to answer, that could be bad, okay? It could be that maybe you are a negative person, a grumpy person, temperamental person. I hope not, but that is a possibility. All right, Jesus felt every emotion, okay? Never do you go through something and Jesus will, you know, look at you and go, well, you know, I, I, I don't know what that feels like, okay? Jesus felt every emotion. So whatever you have experienced, will experience, are experiencing, Jesus can sympathize with you. He understands but when we read the Word of God, we can clearly see that Jesus' primary emotion would be compassion. He would have felt loneliness. He would have felt anger, rejection, dread, joy, happiness. He would have felt all of it. But his primary most felt compassion, uh, emotion was compassion. I don't have the scripture verses, you can write these down, but there's just, I'm just, I'm not going to read them, but just to kind of give you an example of what I mean. Matthew 20, 34, we see that Jesus had compassion on two blind men, and then he healed them. Mark 1, 40, Jesus had compassion on the leper and healed him. Mark 6, 34, Jesus had compassion on the people and prayed for them. 
In all of these situations, and there's more, but those are just a couple of examples, we see the word end. A-N-D. Jesus was moved to compassion, and it brought him into a space of action. He paired it with action. He took his emotion, and he put action into it, okay? Matthew 5.13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So Jesus is saying that each and every one of us are the salt of the earth. So think about salt. Is anybody a saltaholic? Yes? Yes? I'm doing, I used to be, I'm doing better. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a pepper gene now. I'm trying the pepper side, okay? <laughs> but salt adds flavor to your food, right? When something is kind of like mad, when it's like, oh, I don't know if I'd ever want that meal again, as my husband would say, you know, dunk some more salt in it, try to make it taste better. When we are, as Christ followers, we are the salt of the earth, and what that means is, is we should be bringing flavor making it appealing to people. But what if we lose our saltiness? Then our use is not good anymore. So salt adds flavor. And to share the love of Jesus to others, we need to be compassionate for people. We need to be like Christ. Christ was was moved with compassion for his people. So as Christ followers, we should too be moved with compassion for people, for their needs, but we should also be called to action. So not just move to compassion, and wow, that is really sad, do something about it. See the need and do something about it. Don't just not do, you know, like we can come up with excuses. I'm really sorry that's your life, I can't help you right now. I need to go and go grocery shopping. Um, I remember being stranded one time where I left a light on in my car. My kids were little, and um, I'm in a parking lot out of town, and I needed somebody to give me a boost. And you know, back in the day when we actually had batteries, they're just weird. They're just weird. You open up the trunk and you're like, I don't get it. Not the trunk. The hood. Why am I making a David? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, my husband's not here. I can't see him. Um, so, so I needed a boost anyways. And so I'm asking people in the parking lot, hey, can you, can you help me give me a boost? I can't believe the amount of people who are like, no. <laughs> just like booked it away from me. I'm standing there with three children. Like sometimes we're like, oh, that's really too bad, but I'm on a mission to go over here. I can't help you. Sometimes we see a need and we we maybe have an attitude towards the person. Like, you know, how many times have we seen and heard the stories of young moms in church and, and they get the stink eye from somebody because their, their child is making noise in church. Heaven forbid we have a child in church who makes a noise and we give them, you know, like, oh, that's really too bad for you. But we don't do anything to help that poor mom. 
What about who somebody who's standing in front of us who are, is paying for groceries? Anybody ever seen this? And they're short and they can't, and they're gonna put something back. You know what? Spend five bucks and help them. Put it in your cart. Find ways to be moved and help people. Matthew 5, 41. I think it's five, it might be a three. I don't remember. I can't read my own writing. Pretty sure it's five. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. This is actually scripture. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go two. Here's something that I found out that was very interesting that I did not know before. In this time, in New Testament time, a Roman soldier actually had the right to force a Jewish people into acts of service. They could force a Jewish person to carry their pack for, at the very minimum, one mile. Not two, not five, but one. They could actually say to you, you're coming home from work and you're exhausted and you're tired and, and a Roman soldier sees you, he can actually say, hey dude, here's my pack. You need to carry it for me for one mile. You would have to do that if you were a Jewish person. It was the law. And so here in Matthew 5, 41, Jesus is actually telling the people, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two. Can you imagine what that would look like if a Roman soldier, because remember now, this is already kind of like some, some contention, some yucky, like they, it was not a nice... Feel, no, who wants to be forced to do anything, first of all? Nobody, right? How many of you students are like, get asked to do dishes, and you're like, I don't do it, and mom's like, you have to do the dishes, right? And you're like, you don't want to do it. If you want to do it, and you do it on your own, then yay, it's exciting. But if somebody's telling you you have to do it, you're like, I don't want to do that, right? Imagine that a Roman soldier comes up to you and says, here's my pack, carry it a mile, and you look at him and you say, awesome, can I carry it too? I think he'd pass out. Imagine if we were moved with compassion into action where we literally did something so mind-blowing that it blew people away. Jesus is encouraging us with this scripture. Hey, if you're forced to go one mile, choose to go two. Choose to go two. Most times our emotions, our feelings, are self-centered. Let's just be honest. Let's call it for what it is. Most of the time, they're self-centered. We talk about what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. But Jesus, through the Gospels, is trying to teach us to win people for the Gospel, be salty, win people for the Gospel. We need to be willing to join our feelings and our emotions together with action. Do something about it. Do something about it. Set aside our pride. Well, I don't want to do that. Why should I have to do that? Somebody else can do that. I don't have time to do that. I'm too old to do that. I'm not young. I'm too young. I'm too 
what we could come up with a bajillion excuses of why we can't do something. And we also have an enemy who will love to put thoughts into our minds. Who do you think you are that you could do that? You're not good enough. You're not talented. You're not whatever. We can come up with all kinds of reasons why we can't. We need to set aside that pride, that self-centeredness, and be willing to go the extra mile, no matter what the cost. Because if Christ called you to it, he's going to be the provision to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. There's, there's a story, and I, and I won't tell you who, because it doesn't matter who, but from our church who was struggling with tithing, and they were like, I just, I feel like I should, but I don't know how I can afford to tithe. And one day they, they came into church and just were like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to give you everything in my wallet. And literally they had like 50 bucks in the bank left, like to their name. That's all they had. And they gave all of the money in and they knew that rent was due and they were short $300 for the rent. And they had literally $50 sitting in the bank and just gave whatever was in the wallet as a tithe. That afternoon, I get a message from somebody in our church, bless our church family, who says, I wanna bless somebody. And she gave me the parameters on, on who she felt needed to be blessed. And the parameters that she gave me matched with this person. So I called this person up. I had no idea the amount of money. I had no idea, nothing. I was just to contact the person, get their email address so she could do an e-transfer. So I gave the email and, and, and then I was out of it. My hands were out and, and I just connected the two of them. Actually, they don't know each other. They just had an email, so I did that. They gave $300. moved with compassion and put into action. We need to set aside our needs and our wants. Luke 7, turn with me to Luke 7, verse 11 to 14. Luke 7. <laughs> Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd of the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. He was moved with compassion, basically. His heart went out to her. And, A-N-D, he said, don't cry. He's moved with compassion, and then he's moved to action. Then he went up and touched the buyer. They were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. Wouldn't you just love to know what he said? <laughs> Like, dude, I was in heaven. I was having a good time. <laughs> I often wonder about Lazarus when he's been up there for three days. And he's like, oh, I don't have to come back. 
Anyway, sorry, that's Bible according to my name. <laughs> uh, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Here's what you need to notice. Jesus touched the buyer. If I'm pronouncing that right. And he touched the man. It was the law that you don't touch a dead body, that you don't touch anything that touched a dead body, because if you did, you would be considered unclean. Like, everybody would run away from you, like cooties. Remember cooties? Okay? Jesus did everything culturally that he shouldn't do. He was moved with compassion, and he didn't just go, wow, that's really too bad that your son is dead. Now, again, what you need to understand is she is a mom, and this is her son. She's also a widow, which means her source of income would be really probably from her son having to work. So now she has nobody to help her really financially. Jesus went against all culture and touched death. Are we willing to go against things that are not culturally normal? The crowd would have been mortified. It would have been like a hush. Like it even says that the guy carrying it stopped. They would all have been like, did he just do that? Did he literally just touch a dead body? And there would be people in the crowd going, oh my gosh, she just touched a dead body. Did you just see he touched He touched a dead body. Can you believe what he just did? But Jesus didn't care. He didn't care what people would say or think or do. He was moved to action and he raised this boy to life despite what people would think, despite what it would look like, despite what it would cost him. He did it. You see, real compassion doesn't just break your heart, but it moves your muscles. It doesn't just break your heart, it moves your muscles. Does what break God's heart break yours? And are you moved by compassion to act upon it? By going an extra mile? Think about helping a mom with her kids. Gosh, I can, when I was writing this, all I could think about was my firstborn child who was just as colicky as colicky can be. And coming into church looking like an old haggard woman that needed help. I was so exhausted, so tired. And I knew that I'd just come to church and I was struggling coming because why come? Because I'm just going to be literally sitting in the nursery anyways. I could just sit at home in the comfort of my own home. Why will I get dressed, 
trying to make myself look decent, trying to get baby vomit off of me with a screaming child and go to church. It made no sense. But I knew I had to. And thank God, literally thank God, for those lovely women that the second I walked into that church door, who would just snatch my baby up. And say to me, you just go, you just go sit down. Leave her with me. Okay. And I could sit in a pew and just sit in God's presence and have a break from a screaming baby and know that she was in the safe arms of some grandma or some woman in the church. I knew she was safe. Moved with compassion that calls to action. Don't just feel sorry for them. Oh, that's really too bad that you haven't slept in 12 days. Hmm, I sleep pretty good, actually. <laughs> See someone who can't afford to buy food. Somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire, and you're like, oh, that's too bad. I'm on a hurry. i got an appointment to get to. What about a waitress when we go to a restaurant and she's stressed because the restaurant is so full and she's running ragged? And you're like, excuse me, where's my coffee? I've been waiting for like 10 minutes for my coffee. Excuse me, excuse me, you forgot what? I need sugar, extra sugar. Excuse me, excuse me. Well, I'm not going to give her a very good tip because she did a horrible job. Do you know I had somebody tell me who worked in a restaurant that Sundays were the one day of the week where people literally asked, please don't put me on the schedule. Because those church people are horrible. Isn't that sad? Yeah. It's sad that people, non-Christian people in our community who work at a restaurant waitress waiter job don't want to work on a Sunday because those church people are horrible. Oh, killed me when I heard that. They have a hard time getting people to work on a Sunday because we all come in after church, after praising the Lord. God is so good. God bless you. Oh, I'm so glad to see you here. Oh, Jesus is so good. Wow, he's amazing. And we sit down in the restaurant and we're like, she's not going to come soon. I'm hungry, you know.
moved with compassion and moved to action? Can we be kind and encouraging to the cranky cashier? Can we visit a shut-in who isn't able? Do you know that we have shut-ins in our church that they can't make it here for physical reasons and they're at home and they watch online? Would you like to go visit a shut-in? Come and tell me. I'll set you up. Look for ways to be salt for Jesus, adding flavor. Love, kindness, compassion, paired with action. How can we put that into action? I'm going to encourage the worship team to come up. If we can sing, uh, this is our God. Because God will give us the strength and the, all that we need. He will be our provider. And today we've already had a couple of ways that we can be moved with compassion and called to action. We can go support a child from another country and give them 50 bucks a month, whatever it is, which is, that's Tim Hortons money for me, really. It's nothing. Um, or, you know, even moved by compassion and to action by picking a family from our, our own community to, to buy them a Christmas present. What about, and this is something that I, I challenged our Bible study group on, on Wednesday night about. Because on Thanksgiving Sunday, there was probably, as, I, as I'm getting ready to head out and got my family coming, and, and I'm talking to a couple people, hey, when's you, when are you doing Thanksgiving? There was probably about four people in our own church family who were going home on Thanksgiving weekend and were completely alone. They had no family, nobody coming, nobody Nobody coming in, nobody, nothing, nowhere to go. And my heart broke, and I thought, as a church, we need to fix this. What about Christmas? And I know it's hard when we, it's a sacrifice. Christmas dinner. Why not go around to somebody in our own church family who is lonely and alone or somebody that we know in our community is going to be alone on Christmas Day? Why not say to them, hey, come to my home for a meal? I remember the saddest moment my daughter went off to be a part of Watoto in, in Uganda for six months. Sorry, I called the team up and I apologize. I'm just going to keep chatting here. Um, six months in, in Uganda. And Christmas Day arrives. And this mama's heart is broken into a million pieces because my baby girl is, is in her little room with her roommate on Christmas Day, making pasta. I'm like, did no families invite you for Christmas dinner or something? We're just, we're just gonna make some spaghetti and maybe watch a movie. My heart broke. You can't even, I wanted to get on a plane and you know, just buy me a cookie on turkey. Are we? Okay, bye. Are we moved with compassion and moved to action? Because that's what Christ did. And we're called to be like Christ. I'm going to get everybody to stand.
And I'm not going to call you forward unless you need prayer. If you need prayer for something, I encourage you. The altars are always open. But as we sing this song, I want you to take some time and really, really pray. God, move me to compassion and action. I don't want to just be that person that has the feels, but I want to be that person who moves to action on the feelings. So how can you be salty, go the extra mile in your sphere of influence? So as we sing this song, I ask you to pray. And don't just as you walk out that doors go, oh, that was lovely. I want you to continue to pray and continue to have your eyes open to watch and see. Because God will give you moments. He will give you opportunities. We just have to see them. We have to recognize them. And we have to take action. We have to step out and do it. So I encourage you as we sing this song, let's take some time to just focus in on the Lord. I'm going to close in prayer. And when you're, when you, when you feel God, you've done your business with the Lord, please have coffee, enjoy some company, get to know somebody. Come tonight for prayer, 6.30 p.m. God, I just thank you for today, and I bless you, Lord. And I ask, God, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts today. God, that we would be moved to action. That we would be willing to be your hands and feet wherever we go, Jesus. Challenge us, Lord God, and remind us that you are our provision. You are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide the need. You will provide the finances. You will provide whatever we need. We just need to take the step of faith in God. So God, help us to be willing to do that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's sing.